All right, guys, welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. My name is Robbie Gustin. I'm joined, as always, by James Fitzgerald. James, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. I had just spent a few minutes prior to our call uh, looking for a Kodak 8. My daughter and I picked up a, an old automatic 8 uh, film camera from a, a thrift shop. And uh, she just got it. it. Was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll put it on my shelf because it looked really old. It was like a 1960s Kodak eight. Yeah. Um, and we went and pushed the button on it, and it freaking started working. So we found out there's a selenium cell in it, and uh, we just need the right kind of film. And it's a wind up. Think about this. It's a wind up film, and it creates the exposure of the light coming in to create the film. Anyways, I was just uh, looking for ways to uh, fix that and. Uh, so that my daughter and I can use it in some some of these cool old looking uh, films. That's what I was doing prior to our call. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's I, uh, even asking what I'm up to. That was that's what I was up to over the past uh, past while. No, that's cool. It's uh, I I was reading. I think it was a couple of weeks or a month ago. I was reading something about how, um, you know, people in Gen Z and your daughter's generation, like, like um, early two thousands digital cameras, disposable cameras, and like you know polaroids stuff stuff you know further back is like it's becoming more uh kind of like records were at a certain point it's become more uh she she yes yes um yeah well i could go on that note too because we were just uh uh i had inherited uh from a friend um i think it was close to a hundred vinyls of uh the unbelievable like this is this was stuff that he got uh or had in his possession from the late sixties till the, till the early eighties. So you can imagine all the good stuff that was in there in terms of those vinyls. And uh, we moved into a cabin or, or sorry, we, we bought this cabin and we needed to furnish, furnish, furnish it. And he gave us because he was moving to Kelowna long story. He's a dentist. His son trained with me. His son went on to the NHL to play hockey. His son trained me for a number of years. Anyways, developed a close relationship. And he gave me all this stuff. And we finally just got those vinyls that were stored up in, up in the cabin. Anyways, to tie it in, Hannah just blew her mind. So Hannah is the one with loving the Auto 8. And yes, she's like, her room is now covered with two different forms of, of uh, record players with different sounds. And she's got the old vinyls with the you know, to it. Oh, it's, it's legit. So we listened to uh steely Dan last night uh, oh, wow. on that. It's just total different sound, total different sound. Anyways, thank you for uh, the nostalgia that comes with that and recognizing that I'm not sure if that's where you're going with it, but it, it might be this current crop generation that, cause there was a, there's a number of us, right? The, uh, the uh, let's call it the 13th generation or the, uh, uh, the uh, the Gen Xers who uh, were children during those times of media, right? And so we appreciate it now as adults, but maybe our children appreciate it because we appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of 45 to 50 year olds who are having kids who are now like, oh, that's cool. And that's probably why it's it's the nostalgic traditional comment. On, this, on the same note, uh, Justin Bieber just sold all of his uh, music for $200 million. So it's uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm, all together. I'm, I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's part of it. I mean, actually, as, as we were talking about it, I thought of 
it, I mean, there didn't need to be any connections to artificial intelligence, but I remember one of the things that they mentioned in the uh, article about people being interested in like Polaroids and, you know, um, regular film cameras is, well, two things. One, being able to take photos without them being immediately zapped and shared, you know, to the cloud or what have you. Um, there was also, there's a very famous uh, tech reviewer who does a lot of Apple stuff and he was talking about how Art of the artificial intelligence, like a lot of the photos that you take now on an iPhone are a mixture of like what you have taken, but also artificial intelligence interpolation of yeah. that. And like in some cases, it actually makes it worse. Yes. Um, and then I don't know, on the record one, you know, being able to listen to a uh, a song without the algorithm, knowing that you're listening to a song and well, like, yeah, this is recorded. <laughs> This preempts, I guess, some of the conversation on the positives of artificial intelligence, right? For our enjoyment of music, uh, yeah. you know, I can I could any second here, and sometimes without even me asking, my phone starts to play, you know, something, right? James Brown or John Coltrane or something, um, just through conversation. I'm just kind of playing with it right now to see if it's actually going to pick it up and actually. <laughs> Did you say you wanted to play? Uh, yeah. Love Supreme. Um, you know, that's that's the beautiful thing around it um, is this connection to our topic today. So it was a good it was a good intro indirectly for uh, artificial intelligence and the positives of it. But I think when we uh, I think when we talk about it in regards to fitness, uh, I want to bring up a couple of things that uh, are going to push us up against some issues. So I'm looking forward to this, that discussion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Me, me too. Um so just a quick thing up front, up front guys, uh, if you have been enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review and tell a friend. Um, we have some t-shirts available. <laughs> you know, we're not uh, we're not hot topic here. We're not like a big merchandise thing. This is more if you just want to join us in the war against pickleball and e-bikes. Yeah, you don't uh, think, but people, a lot of people will love those shirts. Um, yeah, and if you if you, are it's a conversation like, starter. Let me tell you that. Yeah. If yeah. When you, I wear it out in public, it's a. Uh... If you like local HOAs that are using acoustic decibel levels to somehow do it and run around pickleball, you know, let, join the resistance. Go to tpublic.com and uh, let it be known how unvital <laughs> pickleball is. <laughs> Uh, and as always, if you guys have any topics, questions, or comments, uh, feel free to email us at fitnessinphilosophy at gmail.com. We could also think about getting a sponsor of pro tennis, too. That's another way of doing yeah. it, you know? Like, why don't we just get a Yonex? Uh, well, actually, actually, I'll have to do my research, but I'd have to find a tennis company that is uh, it is that is not going to sell pickleball stuff because all of them are into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but maybe there's a company like Head or uh, Babylon or something like that who's anti pickleball and they're and they're like pro tennis and that's the yeah. company that will support our t-shirt. Yeah. Drive. And uh, just on that note, we do have to um, we got to continue. Just I'm saying it out loud so we can do it. We need more t-shirts, Robbie. So we gotta we gotta finalize that mover thinker t-shirt. I think. Um, okay. And also because it ties into today, you know, the, the power of uh, the human thought and uh, some of the things that uh, we'll get into. Yeah. yeah, definitely. We actually I got an email the other day. I mean, not that we're taking sponsors for the show, but we did we did get our first email for a sponsorship from a supplement company. Oh, wow. Uh, who clearly had not listened to. Yeah. 
an episode of what we had to say, but one of us to hop. How do I stop? How do I stop those people? Because they're all the same people. (laughs) How do I stop these emails from coming? That are they're not asking me for something, but they're like, James, we looked on your and it's obviously a bot or something, but James, we looked on your site and OPEX could really do this with your education. And do you ever get any of those that are similar? And how do I'm I sure stop you get, those? Yeah, I mean, blocking I mean, I, I, I'm sure I get a fraction of what you, uh, you get. I, I wish I had an answer. I, I, okay. I don't. I mean, I mean, you have you have junk mail filters, and then some things make it through, and then you gotta associate that with junk. Or do you, I mean, presumably you're not talking about like Instagram or anything like that. You're talking about emails. Yeah, yeah. email. Better junk filters. Yeah, it's, I tried to hide, but they can still get me. Um, I'm yeah. trying to walk away, but uh, there's they can still find me. I'm, yeah. at, I'm I'm not at my wits end, but you know I am questioning if I should even be on Slack or email whatsoever. Um, it's you know I'm like really do I really need that? Why can't I just you know walk down the hallway uh, or yeah. call you up right? Just give you a phone call and say, uh, hey, I was going to send you this text. I thought it was funny. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we should start doing that. Um, I mean, I I mean, this isn't going to f- fully solve it, but one solution that Apple recently in, do do you have a uh, iCloud email or no? You have the OPEX fit email address. Yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah. I don't know if you're going to ask the question, but I think it's it's a Gmail base. Okay. That, yeah, I could have an iCloud option, is what you're saying. Well, I think I think Brandon was telling me Gmail does this too, and uh, I know I, I iCloud does basically does it where like instead of entering like your email, you can enter a you know you know eighteen string character like at iCloud that like sends to your email but is not your email. Got it. That that type of things when you like register for things to buy online and what. Okay. So. Well, I uh, I'll look for it, and I'm okay. I'm saying this out loud as a as an intro to our episode today because it's all. It's all connected. All computers, right? It's all uh, bits and bots and ones and twos that are making all those decisions. So, I did just think of a solution. I, I I think James, even though maybe publicly you decry pickleball, like when you go and order pickleball sets online and you put in James at OpexFit, yeah, com to order them. That's that's probably how they're getting here. Yeah, it's a direct like it's a direct feeder line to like you know thirty people in a room somewhere. Yeah. Ding ding ding. You know, yep. set up the five-year program to send. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's only going to get better from here. Yep. Only more targeted. That's right. Well, you wait until we pick on something else. I'm I'm just waiting for you and I to come up with something else that's humorous, but also we could uh, we could uh, pick on. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's start off with uh, artificial intelligence and its connection with philosophy, um, and then we'll get to fitness. So first, uh, as per usual, just the definition is useful. Is useful. So what is artificial intelligence? The theory and development of computer sim- systems able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence, such as visual perception, speech recognition, decision-making, and translation between languages. So... You know, and there are obviously gradations and there's not necessarily an easy, easy cutoff, right? Like is the uh, is the laser beam at your local grocery store or library that, you know, you walk past and then it opens the doors automatically. That's not artificial intelligence, but it's it's input output and, you know, it's visual, perce- you know, so interesting questions about what that constitutes. Um, if you guys want an interesting, you know, there are a bajillion books on this, but if an interesting brief history of how this all kind of came to be the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy article on artificial intelligence has a good um, description. And 
while philosophers have been thinking about this, you know, as far back as Descartes and perhaps even farther, it really does kind of come to the fore with the development of computer systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, artificial intelligence has a deep connection with philosophy. So logic, which has pretty much always been a branch of philosophy, um, is the central pillar and the basis of a lot of artificial intelligence. It's essentially logic trees. If this, then that. If this, then that. If this, then that. So on and so forth. Yeah, I uh, got a question for you on that. I'm glad you added to, because I had a list of things that I want to add um, as reading uh, that individuals can get into to understand the particular topic on a larger scale. Um, in SEP, under the idea for AI, um, you just mentioned on the back end there, what are, there must have been, there had, had to have been like some, some significant recent writing, right, over the past 20 years uh, under that heading. Do you know what I'm saying? So if it was like, if it was under the heading, quote unquote, human nature, right, under SEP and the definition and what's inside of there. Okay. You know, I guess we could say there's some things that have happened, you know, but if I was to look like in 1963 under SEP, even if it did or did not exist right under SEP, under artificial intelligence, can you just imagine the difference in 60 years later in the, under the definition of artificial intelligence with the rising of computation? I mean, there must've been some recent writings that have significantly, uh, uh, help that, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, two two things I think of on that. One, as I was reading through the article, I just noticed, you know, they have the date of like when it was written, so or like when it was last updated. So that was 2018. And like, think about with ChatGPT and Dolly, like how much, right. I'm sure that's due for an update. Yeah, okay. um, but as we're about to uh, get to in just a little bit, you know, John Searle and the Chinese Room argument, uh, Hubert Dreyfus, um, you know, these guys are you know, 70s and 80s in, in yeah. terms of like when, they're, when they're doing a lot of their initial work on artificial intelligence and uh, pretty pretty significant contributions to the field uh, that inform a lot of what we think of today. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's like, it, it it's a hard thing and we'll discuss this, but like, you know, people will sometimes say, well, a robot would never be able to do that. And then like, oh, a robot did it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, and how, how does that inform what we what we think of as artificial intelligence and human intelligence, like you were saying, delineating between what's human and, and what's not going forward. Yeah. It also makes me think of other systems, right? Like uh culture, the, the, uh, the economic encyclopedia or the, or the culture encyclopedia and in the same vein, right? Like how the digital atmosphere or the new digital atmosphere uh, has created monstrosity and changes of all this new writing that has to take place. Right. Yeah, um, I just think of all different other areas outside of just philosophy. But in this particular area, I, I just wanted to mention it, that we are in an era uh, where there are at least a lot of contributions to uh, the philosophical project on this concept of intelligence and the concept of human intelligence and not versus, but human intelligence and artificial intelligence or natural intelligence versus artificial intelligence. Yeah. And I came to that through looking for the definition of artificial prior to our start. And the definition of artificial uh, is made by humans imitating natural phenomena. So even in itself of artificial intelligence, it brings us back to maybe our listeners going back to our human nature episode where we discussed like, well, what is it? What is not human? Let's start there and let 
And that that's where we started discussing this particular topic was what is artificial for that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And it's so interesting because, yeah, I mean, for, you know, for all of, I mean, for, for a significant portion of human thinking, like we've been contrasting ourselves with animals to try and, you know, animals that we can see and observe, but we've also tried with, uh, I, I guess, depending on who you ask, have contrasted with theoretical entities, right? You know, aliens, <laughs> uh, angels, uh, robots, mm -hmm. things like that. We try, we try to delineate somehow, like, what would that look like? But now, now in the past, you know, 60, 70 years, however you want to count, we actually have like actual instances of this in chat yes. GPT where we can try to delineate more and more. And, you know, you, YouTube right now is flooded with, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is chat GPT going to take my, take my job, yep. you know, yep. that, that type stuff. And yep. so you know, they're interesting discussions, uh, not just theoretically, but practically about like, what does this mean for professions and livelihood and things like that going forward. So, yeah, because those, uh, those questions were asked many, many years ago, um, about that, but now we've got this new language to what it means, right? That's something also, maybe we should side note, have a discussion on or I pro it's probably going to come through our conversation today anyways, Robbie, but uh, classification of language. And, I, you know, I mean, like ChatGBT, all these things, is it should we classify all of them in the same bucket just for the understanding? Right. So for the competency and understanding of everyone in regards to what we're talking about today, you know, because in my mind, we should do that because I think that over the next couple of years with all these different versions it may look like we're not even sure that it's the same thing that someone was talking about 10 years ago, right? Where automation and computation is going to take over people's jobs. See, that one word is now turned into 32 versions. And therefore, it's like, oh, really? Is it? I mean, are you getting me that, you know, so our language of artificial intelligence, we can probably just call it computers doing the work, you know, and, yeah. and humans not doing the work. And that's where it'll land us easily. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, you know, again, like I was saying with the, like the laser beam that tracks your entrance into the uh, grocery store, you know, it gets tricky where to delineate, right? So, right. but but not that we need to decide where to delineate, but just for people to think about like, you know, Google was really cool, you know, you enter a query and then you get these lists of results. But what's super interesting now about ChatGPT is you seem to be able to have a conversation. Yes. Make this shorter explain it to a fifth grader. Yeah. Uh, um, I wasn't really clear on that one point. Can you clear it up? You, we can start to do it in more human language and have, yes. more of a, have more of a conversation, but, but in essence, it's, it's doing a, just a, in a lot of ways, a more advanced version of what Google is doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's still answering the question or it's still seeing your face walk through the front of Walgreens. Yeah. Right. But now the feedback and the conversation is basically telling you, oh, the throat lozenges are 30 feet to the left on the second shelf. Yeah. You know? And you're like, how did you know I was coming? <laughs> oh, it's because of your face. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, we were giggling at that, but that's actually the reading, quote unquote, your gradient of reading, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see your not reader? even Neuralink set up. That's, no. not even, that's not even shit on my shoulder that's telling them what I'm looking for, you know? Did you ever see a Minority Report? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. So I mean, there's for those who haven't seen it, there's a you know scene where uh, you know in 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 their future, which is I think it's 2049, 2050, something like that, Washington yeah. D.C. 
you know, they've got uh, contact lenses that, you know, uh, but basically you, you walk into a store and it's like, Oh, welcome John Anderton. Here is the uh, jacket you bought in a different, but that, that type of thing. Yeah. Just because you went there, I'll add a couple that just influenced me. Gattaca made me think about a lot of those things and the, the newest Blade Runner um, was it 2049 Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. And her, um, I mean, those three will just, uh, give you they'll give you a lifetime of conversation for that and, and of course you're bringing it up but westworld uh, was a fantastic opportunity to see some of that yeah yeah absolutely and it's i mean just from that point of view it's interesting how much of this like humans can i mean you know there's obviously things we get wrong but like through literature and philosophy and you know fiction we're able to uh it's it's interesting how much humans are able to like conceptualize and work through like what would that world even look like and you know, obviously the world of Minority Report or Blade Runner hasn't come to pass, but there's, we're able to somewhat think through the implications of of these different things and try to work on them before, like, you know, the bots take over as, yes. as best can. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, tying all that together, this is one of the areas that I, I always, and I'm preempting it, I'm getting into it right away, but that I always struggle with it is when I started reading um, Eliezer Yukowski's uh concepts of the futuristic phenomena of what like if you if you if you put all these pieces together right like the inevitability of chat gpt automation of these things that if you kept going with that like what is progress and you kept and you kept and you kept and you kept going the way the the what created pause for me was on just your point there is that and this is the massive separation <laughs> is that you know, we are in layman's terms, our brains are not strong enough or good enough to even comprehend, to comprehend the end result of what may happen. Are you catching me there? That that's, yeah. that's what made me like, I just stopped in my tracks is like, you know, and he gave, of course, a whole bunch of information to show that we are at our very lowest levels of our brain's capabilities amongst humans and what we can do and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that gave me significant pause, significant pause, right? So whatever, whatever you and I are thinking about, imagine we're totally wrong on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, anyways, that, uh, that gave me pause. And that came from uh, uh, Super Intelligence, uh, Life 3.0, uh, The Three Body Problem, which is a great fictional way of getting to this particular issue, uh, Scorched Earth um in the shadow of progress the inevitable um and of course Eliezer Yudkowsky I just mentioned all those names as a as a point of reference to addition to your uh SEP on this particular topic and, and the movies thanks for oh, yeah that. yeah thank and thank you for sharing that those are uh yeah those are great resources and um yeah I mean it's interesting how you know just like you said I mean lot of what gets portrayed in fictionalized versions of this is a dystopia and armageddon and you know terminator and the matrix and all the rest of that stuff it could be the exact opposite or or you know sam altman thinks he's saving the future with chat gpt and it that's the you know it's actually the opposite so yep. it, it it's hard to know it, yeah. it's hard yeah and because we're digging into it right away on that that's the one area that i thought you know in terms of hierarchy as to where it's important I just heard it more recently again, but when it comes down to the conversation of uh, politics and warfare, 
I think that's the quote unquote, the most serious, in my opinion, the most serious human endeavor of where these two things clash um, is the quote unquote intellectual power in the wrong hands for the development of these things that of course replace a gun where there's no human on the other side of it. That's, that's where I, in my opinion, it really gets, uh, it really gets spicy where the conversations should get, should get significantly serious. Yeah. And when you think about where like most money goes, I mean, like in terms of like sheer quantity, it's, it's usually military research and development, you know, for things like the internet or email or what, like those are the origins of those yes. types, types of types of things. So, yeah. 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 And so, uh, Anyways, just to say that we said it, uh, we're, I'm aware of it anyways, that the, it's the, it's the, you know, things walking across land in the 250,000 number, right? With, 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 with just like a, a communication signal back from a satellite to say that I'm out of ammo, send more while it's getting oncoming, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, bing, 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 you know, and, you know, so sounds crazy, but I mean in the wrong hands this is essentially what can happen right where someone's just pushing buttons right yeah uh yeah and, and like you said we just we just don't know yeah we, we don't, don't, we, don't. We, yeah, we don't know what's going to turn out to be yeah so there's a oh, famous and the imitation game sorry oh no please uh, go ahead. The imitation game on your point of turing and the turing test that you're going you were i just i just set you up to explain this is a kind of a cool movie you could watch too yeah, and I haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard good things. Oh, really good. Yeah. So there's a famous philosophical thought experiment related to artificial intelligence. And I mean, really, it, it originally kind of came about in, in relation to the discussion of, of consciousness and things like that. But you can you can see it as connected to artificial intelligence and Turing test. And um, it, I think it's just kind of a good entry point for people to, you know, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is like make philosophy a bit more accessible. So for the potential philosophers who may be listening and like, no, we're missing that detail. Uh, like I'm just trying to get the broad strokes across. This isn't like, a I have like flashbacks to like philosophy colloquia where like you're basically going in front of a firing squad and no, sir, uh, that is, uh, <laughs> is incorrect. You must, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So this, uh, this, this thought experiment will, uh, you know, lend itself quite well to the Turing test, which we'll talk about. So imagine if you will, two people in two separate rooms, there's uh, like a slot, like a mail slot between the rooms between which the two people can communicate back and forth, crucially via pen and paper. So not, not via speaking and uh, talking. So person one is a native Chinese speaker and sends pictograms through the slot in the wall to communicate with person two. On the other side, person two has a book, could be a computer, but I believe originally it was just like a gigantic manual where he looks up what was written on the piece of paper. And then the book provides the exact appropriate response to pass back through. The book is so good that for literally any prompt person two receives in Chinese, he can respond in a way that is functionally indistinguishable from a native speaker to person one. The question Cyril asks does person two know Chinese and many people's first response. And, you know, there's, there's lots of discussion, this in the secondary literature and back and forth. And does the room know Chinese and it, yeah. so on and so forth. But most people's intuitive response is, well, of course not. Of course not. 
Person two is just looking up the appropriate response in the book based on the relevant symbol without any understanding of what the symbols mean. So as we get to it later on, you know, we talk about what things are missing, like intention, critical thinking, um, all these types of things. Um, you know, we're we're getting functionally indistinguishable input and output, but does that, you know, does that therefore mean it's, you know, consciousness or knowledge or, you know, their values associated with and what, what the intention is. So the key point to keep in mind, and this is where philosophy is crucial, you know, philosophy's distinction between truth and falsity and appearance and reality is just because something can pass the Turing test, which we'll get to in just a second, or the Chinese room thought experiment does not mean it has any understanding of what it's talking about. So just because someone can look in a book and, um, reply back with the appropriate response to what's put through uh, the slot doesn't mean that, of course, I don't know Chinese. So like, it's a similar thing with chat GPT, even though it can seem as though it is responding to you in a certain way. Uh, it, you know, there's, there's important things missing behind the screen. So, yeah. Yeah. And it makes me think about that. Remember that kid that just uh, created the hack to determine if it's chat GPT or the human, like he's, yeah. he, inside of those threads this is the exact point you're making here there's something that will make it indistinguishable or distinguishable and that's the heart of what we're getting at today right yeah and uh yeah i think uh sam altman said they were gonna put like watermarks on chat gpt responses like digital watermarks but you know as other people brought up when i mentioned that to them they were saying well you know some could just have the text generated by ChatGPT and then just retype it themselves. Do you know what I mean? So the watermark yeah. isn't there. And so, I mean, there's always this cat and mouse game that's going to be going back and forth about like, is it, is it not? Is there sufficient randomness uh, in in uh, Westworld? You know, this doesn't really give anything away, but the way they would test for this is what's called fidelity. They would they would do millions of iterations of the same person yeah. to see like how how true are they to the original. Yeah, makes me think of Black Mirror as well, where they played that out. Remember the Black Mirror? You had all of it recorded. I didn't see that episode, but I, I, I oh, heard people. Oh man, gosh, I'm not, I'm not doing the old man gosh because you didn't see it, but I'm just reflecting on how how horrible that was as an idea <laughs> where you'd come in and you're like, well, let's review what you saw. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're basically, anyways. You could just—it's tying in your point there. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, my brain just immediately went to everyone having access to to whatever anyone had seen. Just just recalling it. Oh gosh. Yeah, seems beneficial at the time, that. and then yeah, not not so much. <laughs> Losing your memory that. in certain or forgetting certain things can be beneficial. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's a... Uh, that's our shirt. It. Yeah. Wipe it clean. Wipe it clean. I like that. Maybe uh, losing your memory is a feature and not a bug. Mm. Yeah, write that down. So in terms of how I ordered this, I thought, you know, conceptually it'd be useful to talk about like AI in the past, AI in the present, and AI in the future, and then get to uh, fitness. So just some things to think about. The term artificial intelligence was coined in the 20th century 
and has a very deep connection to computational science, most famously Alan Turing and the Turing test. So what's the Turing test? It's it's similar in a lot of ways to the very similar in a lot of ways to the Chinese room argument. So on one side of a wall is person one. On the other side of the wall is either a human or a sufficiently intelligent computer sending back text responses of the prompts of person one. Person I, one has no idea whether it's a computer or person. Let's say it's a computer. If person one, after repeated and sufficient prop, prompting, cannot distinguish the responses of the computer from a natural language speecher, speaker, the computer is said to have passed the Turing test. So, you know, one of the things they highlighted in the SCP article is it's kind of crazy how much like AI is based on this. Like this one thing is like, how well can something pass the Turing test? And we don't, we don't have anything yet. I mean, some people argue that, you know, chat GPT is in the direction, but we don't have anything yet that that can do this. Yeah. I sent uh, you, I also sent you some articles that we could put in the show notes. Uh, um, exhibiting this struggle that we're in from wall street journal and new york times and some bigger thinkers on you know them asking that question are, are have we moved past the turing test you know thing and they give lots of examples of where people think it is where we're past it you know so at least gives you uh some conversation on if we're there or not <clears throat> yeah and i mean even the even like you said, like the question of like, well, what's beyond the Turing test? Like, you yes. know, what are, what are some even deeper things that can be going on? Um, now they, they, yeah. Now that's not being asked a lot, but uh, I think they're, they're stepping into that area. Yeah. So I, I do like, uh, yeah, I do. That's where I personally search right now is beyond those articles to like, you know, steps further than that. Um but it touches on what we'll discuss today for uh, the end result, you know, for fitness. Yeah. I mean, think about, you know, I mean, gosh, it wasn't even that long ago that humans had no ability to mechanically fly. And yes. now there are discussions about like, uh, you know, getting up into like the suborbit to do, you know, supersonic speeds, kind of like the Concorde used to do and then yes. drop back down. So just, just how quickly that can accelerate. Yeah. Um, so again, long before computers and Turing philosophers like Descartes pondered the question. And as we mentioned on our human nature episode, you know, humans try to figure out what is uniquely human by looking at, again, actual entities like animals and now robots and AI are actual entities, but even people like Aquinas and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Aquinas would ask about, well, what's different between humans and angels? And, uh, you know, Kant would famously ask, what, what would be common to all rational beings? You know, even potentially aliens and things like that. Yes. Um, in terms of the present, you know, just like, we, I mean, <laughs> this podcast might be, might be uh, ChatGPT4 is going to launch this week. That's right. It's actually yeah. not us. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is the beta test of ChatGPT. Uh -huh. It's doing pretty yeah. well. Not only is the text and audio generated, the video is generated. Yeah. So, uh, so current examples of AI, uh, man, I remember, you know, I, I think I mentioned before I'm a big, uh, Apple geek. And I remember when Siri before it got acquired by Apple was like the hottest thing on the block. And then Apple kind of pooped the bed when it come to like really 
you you using Siri to its its, its fullest mm-hmm. development, and, and most people have agreed, like, eh, didn't do a great job. Uh, and then, did you ever? I'm trying to think. Did I send you, or have you seen? Have you seen the the Google Voice demo from about four years ago of like calling for a hair appointment? No. It's. I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's like uh, you know, it's it's essentially like a voice assistant calling like a hair salon, like, hey, I'm calling to make a uh, appointment for Linda. Oh, when would you like the appointment? Four thirty, and it's you know AI on one side, and then so that was four years ago with Google, and now we have Dolly, which for those who don't know, is you use text to generate almost any picture. Now, having used it a little bit, you know, I sent you some of the stuff. It's good. It's interesting. It's it's yeah. it's not foolproof. Yeah. It's not like it doesn't yeah. get you exactly what you want, but it's it's cool. And then ChatGPT is is cool. Yes. Yes. Yet. Yeah. Right. So just imagine a million iterations over the period of two weeks. You know, it'll get you there. It'll get our mover thinker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Um, yeah. I mean, I've I've thought about that. I've thought about like you know, people will say, well, this is like the iPhone one, and and while you know of, of these things, and like it'll improve. And then on the one hand, yeah, there's been tremendous improvement of a lot of things in multiple generations of the iphone but then again it is still an iphone do you know what i mean like there are certain things just are kind of landlocked within that that framework where it can't it can't go beyond that so it'll be interesting to see yeah there's constraints yeah there's constraints but uh the way i see it is inside of in that particular example the inside of that the particular example i'm using is uh you using dolly to generate just with two words you know mover and thinker to generate something I think we we are though in an age that's different than the iPhone concept idea that I see it as being less constraining because the ability of the system to re-update itself to find something better is just ridiculous in speed, you know. So right. um yeah, it's it's almost it's almost a similar thing too in regards to what the future will hold for autonomous driving. And I've spent a lot of time reading about this, um, the politics, the ups and downs, the ins and outs, et cetera. And again, what we get down to is our comprehension of our our unknowing, our unknowing of how quickly it can be updated. This is where we have constraints, which is ironic because it's it's actually our human brains that are constraining us because we can't comprehend. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, sorry to take you in that circle again, but no, it, it's a it's a fantastic point. Yeah, I've seen. I'm trying to remember if we were sharing this back and forth or if I. I'd seen it somewhere else, but it was basically talking about like what happens when AI runs out of text. Like, you know, it's it's processing things th- through yes. things so quickly that like, you know, yes. it may. I mean, even it's crazy, even when you think about how much text is generated on the internet or like YouTube, you know, transcripts or something like that, it being fast enough to actually like be like, okay, what's next? Yes. So we should have, you know, I actually I, I'm just saying it out loud so I could do more reading on it because I think when it comes to to economics and uh, hedge funds and, um, you know, there's got to be there's got to be I'm not sure if it's nefarious or there's some background, but there's got to be some reason why there's a ton of people from MIT ending up in big finance. You know, there's something there, you know, and these guys coming in from MIT, I'm just giving an avatar example are not just like John Nash's writing on boards, right? These guys are deeply embedded in the computer system and knowing how it works, right? And setting up those systems. And if that gets connected to finance, my whole point being is that that's probably an area that 
uh, I certainly could raise my game in terms of how they're making predictions, you know, using AI that uh, I know you're smirking too. guaranteed. There's some nefarious actions that just, you know, guys just in an office walking in with a shirt on, just sitting back and letting the computer do its thing to make money, you know? Yeah. Or shorting stocks or yeah, oh, things totally. like that. Yeah, I mean, pur pur purposely. Yeah. And I find that fascinating because, and I think billions covered this in the show too, of like all the challenges around where a human should be involved and how they may like cause it worse scenarios. I think the, I forget the young apprentice, uh, uh, it was a female, um, you know, shaved head. I forget her name. Um, but anyways, she was the one that had the smarts, right? And she was like, just let the computer do its job, you know? And he was like, oh, it's because this is the decision. I, my gut instinct, right? And his gut instinct failed and lost them billions of dollars. Anyways, sorry to go off on that tangent, but oh, that's no, no, that's totally I think fine. I could raise my game is that's an area where we could where we could go to see something that's in play already for the economics. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like as you were saying that it it kind of made me think um because it's numbers and it's prediction of numbers, you know. Yeah. Obviously it, it made me think like obviously there are things now that still exist beyond human comprehension or we're still figuring out but like um ai and robotics creating things that are so so sufficiently beyond human comprehension that like you were saying like human intervention would be um either problematic or you, you know maybe ai designs it in such a way that humans can't you know can't access it and uh, yeah well depending upon who you speak to i know it's a bad time to bring it up but uh blockchain technology and cryptocurrency was the rising of that phenomenon for that reason, right? They wanted to have, you know, the opportunity for people to not have a designer that would dictate how you're going to create a currency and where it's going to come from. I, you know, I think with intentions, with good reason, right? So, yeah. But, uh, but the, that's not working too well. <laughs> what are you talking about, James? It works out great. <laughs> Oh man, the crypto bros. Um, so all of these systems are quite cool and impressive in terms of what they can achieve, you know, especially most recently Chat GPT and Dali. Again, for those who don't know, this is all being developed currently by a company called uh, OpenAI. CEO is Sam Altman, and uh James and I will be uh <laughs> buying up that IPO stock like it's uh <laughs> hotcakes. Yeah, like it's hotcakes, man. Um but they're still lacking. And, you know, uh, an interesting question is if humans have to constantly intervene to correct the artificial intelligence response, how intelligent um, are the machine responses? Like if it constantly requires human intervention to um, fix it and then it can parrot back the the human responses that have then fixed, been fixed, um, you know, how, how intelligent is it? So, you know, maybe, maybe it surpasses this, maybe this, problem gets solved, but uh, it's just an interesting question. Um, and there are certain things that, you know, a toddler can do today that yeah. even ChatGPT can't. Yeah. So. And in the, in the people in the tech world will say, well, the computer is going to figure it out for itself because it's going to go through all these journeys at a very fast pace and come up yeah. with a solution. You know what I'm saying? It's going it, to, it has the ability inside to, uh, to work you know, work because the designer has created that to work with this anti-fragile approach, 
where inside of it, it was designed to, of course, get feedback on yes, no, yes, no, yes, 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 no, 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 yes, yes, you know, and all those iterations, you know, at such a fast speed that it'll, it'll, it'll fix itself. But to your point, I still, I'm not letting go of that fact of uh, the, you know, the differentiating factor in the designer and the human decision-making that goes into even designing that setup. There's something that needs to be uh, pulled out from there, especially in regards to fitness. Yeah. And I mean, this is, you know, this is a gigantic topic on which there are multiple courses. And I know you've read Chalmers before, but um, just something for people to like ponder for a second, a, a huge question related to this that philosophers like, like Searle and, and Dreyfus and others have asked in connection with artificial intelligence has to do with consciousness. And, you know, one thing you can ask here is, you know, even if the computer can do the bajillion iterations of yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, to kind of arrive at whatever the right answer may be for the particular query. Um, again, with things like critical thinking or intention or what have you values, like how much does that require the presence of consciousness, like awareness of what, you know, things are going on. And and, and maybe this happens. I, I'm like me saying this, this is not me saying, you know, history has proven so many people wrong about these things. So I'm not saying like it, it can't be done or won't be done, but it's just an interesting question. Uh, you know, just cause a human can run the, uh, or just cause a computer can run the simulation and the multiple different, you know, logic trees that isn't necessarily any awareness of what any of that means or things like yes. that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, before we get to our artificial intelligence in the future uh, or AI and fitness, you know, the, the the future question here is, could we ever get to a point like Westworld where humanoid robots can pass the Turing test and are essentially and far more and are essentially indistinguishable on the surface from other humans? Uh, and the gigantic question that philosophers ask and will continue to ask, I've, I've mentioned before in previous episodes that philosophy is this... Um, continuing enterprise because we get new things from reality that make us have to rethink like um, what's going on. So one question would be, is AI not there, there in quotation marks yet, and put anything you want in for there, consciousness, passing the Turing test, being functionally, you know, uh, indistinguishable from another human speaker, what have you, um, being just as good as a, a human, or is it conceptually impossible for AI to achieve certain aspects uh, of human intelligence? And there's, there's a gigantic difference there. I, I, I don't, I don't know the answer, but just for people to think about, like one is one track is AI is just going to get really, really good at like, Oh, you know, beating chess masters and going on jeopardy. And, you know, it's really cool at that. And it can decode all the proteins and great, mm -hmm. you know, but it's, it's like a, it's like a handmaiden to hu human intelligence. And then the other one is, uh, no, it could potentially get to the point where like it can, it can actually mimic, you know, critical thinking and meaning and values and what have you. So. Yeah. 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 That's a good base support prior to entering into the, uh, into the area of fitness. <laughs> um, so no, it can go those either ways and we don't have the answers. <laughs> yeah. And we don't have the answer. So, I mean, really what we're going to do today is just kind of discuss it in terms of like where things are now and, and what, what this all what it all means. Um, I guess before we get into, I mean, you know, lots of different questions here. And I know you said there were things you wanted to discuss. Any, any questions in particular you want to jam on first or any, any topics you wanted to hit on before we get into it? 
No, well, maybe no. On the back end of what you just mentioned there, I think it's probably saved. It's not going to be helpful in 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 the entering into uh, AI and fitness. Um, it's just it's probably just a offline you know thing for me to contemplate or you to kind of you and I just kind of chat about. That's not helpful for a conversation. Okay. So what use, if any, can artificial intelligence provide for fitness and health? And there may be dozens of other examples here. And and right now I'm just asking the descriptive question, like in what place could uh, computers and artificial intelligence have a role? Not whether that's good or bad, Uh, but, you know, just thinking about things, we've already kind of seen this with, um, you know, different at-home devices, like instead of you sending a video to your coach, the, uh, the video just gets assessed on form and technique right there based on, you know, geometric, you know, shapes and things like that, uh, determining how to progress, progress the workouts week to week, uh, obviously on nutrition, reviewing food journals and offering nutrition prescriptions, reminding about proper water intake, different biometrics. And then our project in this, uh, podcast isn't necessarily asking the descriptive question. All that's interesting. It's much more this normative question. Well, are those things beneficial or neutral or detrimental? Um, and at the very least, as, as we pointed out in previous episodes, we can say that, you know, as, as you've mentioned many times, James, you know, the story about how to be an optimal human being and have vitality has been written and has been done long before computation um, and, and artificial intelligence. So the question is, what, if any, use will this bring, you know, to the fitness individual and the fitness landscape? Is it of a beneficial, neutral, or detrimental um, uh, value? So any any thoughts there to start? Yeah, uh, well, a thought that I've had a lot, I've spoken about it a lot as well, is the the idea of, you know, who determines what optimal health is in in this conversation of you know, what is optimal health? My belief is that, you know, we do have a definition. We've had definition for a long period of time and we've evolved even to the point of, you know, every couple of hundred years to be defining like, oh, this is still the base support principles of what is defined as optimal health um, and how we quote unquote fuel ourselves for that. And, you know, how do we continue going forward? But I think it's, um, it's uh, asking the questions of, who, who comes up with that defining piece and what are their intentions behind that definition? Um, because I'll, I'll constantly, you know, fall back on more recent examples to, to use as that, that when you start, you know, uh, when you start tracking, quote unquote, and this is where tracking and artificial intelligence and that connection between computer and human comes into play, um, what are you actually trying to get from it in the back end, right? So to get it quickly to my point that I would bring up often is that we are we are never going to get to the point where um, artificial intelligence, quote unquote, the computer, you know, tells the human uh, what you just did there in your actions for physical activity or the fuel that you provided to your system is actually making you less healthy. So so to back up, well, who is defining what an increase in health is for that particular person? And if we agree that the increase in health for that person is 
water, sunshine, movement, et cetera, all shit that's free, then who is going to design that thing, right? That is actually going to say, oh, the answer to all your shit is you and the decisions you make, and it's all free. You know, who's going to do that? No one's going to do that. No, Jeff Bezos is not going to create a biometric system that's going to give a person feedback to be like, hey, that CrossFit class you did and that post-workout sugar drink that you had is actually making you weaker and older at a faster rate because the biometric that you paid nine bucks for is telling me so. And so therefore, this is what you need. You know what you need? You need to stop doing that class and you need to stop drinking that shit. So you, you see, who, who defines what the, what health is? Well, you and I have at least a, a human softer concept of that. But if you can't make money off it, you know, then in the end, as sad as that may sound, and maybe it's it's not all that, I don't know, I don't know where that possibly fits in, besides the fact that I will give us some cases of the positivity of it, right? If, you know, Coach Rx could be an example of that. Um, but I'll just stop there before we enter into Coach Rx and see if you have any thoughts just on my my uh, premonitions on the number one, the definition of health, and then well, what what is what who what is the designer going to put in as the algorithm, right? Yeah. For the answers to that, I can tell you what the answer is going to be. It's going to be a pill for exercise. That's what the answers will be. Speaking of which, that section of the podcast was brought to you by Amazon Prime's new, uh, did you hear about this? The $5 a month add-on to Prime, They're, they'll get you any generic prescriptions you want. Gosh, golly. Uh, no, but th this is actually like a, this is like an add-on now with with with, with Amazon now, with, with Prime. I shouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, so, but I mean, yeah, I, I do, I do have thoughts. I mean, very much to your point, and I think we're both in agreement, um, and like we've talked about before, all of this stuff that is free and has been done since time immemorial. Uh, yeah, in order for a company to um, make money or to develop, you know, whatever software or tracking hardware or what have you, it's going to need to, you know, uh, typically charge you in some way, whether it's, you know, this new supplement or, I mean, and, you know, there, there can be, I think probably hopefully you and I could agree that there, there are more beneficent versions of this uh -huh. and there are more malevolent versions yeah. of this. I do think, um, you know, again, not that it's perfect, but, uh, and yes, it is a crutch, but you know, uh, glucometers and things like that for the purpose of correction of, of where humans are at, um, you know, things like that can make people more aware, but with, with other things like we've seen with, you know, cholesterol numbers, you know, famously going down year over year over year and, you know, more prescription of statins or, you know, the food pyramid and all, all these other things where um, there are certain interests that um, are at play that affect what the prescriptions are for health, typically for some sort of monetary purpose. And then that affects what is um, portrayed as health and then you know you get these issues so i i think some a place where we can both agree and everyone should just be aware it's like all the stuff you need to be healthy is free it's out there 
you you don't yeah, so, need it. So if there is AI that 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 does that, then yeah, I'm all on I'm all on board. You know, right? If there is uh, right, but it's it's you know it's in our current time. It's just reality to your point on glucometers and et cetera. And this brings us back to our previous episodes on, I, I don't see, I see very small and it comes down to the percentages again that we discussed on previous episodes, right? The, the percentage of times that I've seen that, right? Where use biometrics, use technology, artificial intelligence gives you feedback and there's significant change on the back end. I've seen that very, very infrequently, very infrequently. That's my, that's always my argument for, you know, well, well, what do you do? Well, you're not going to not do that to help the person, right? <laughs> Where we all want good intentions for those people, but don't tell me it always works out for progression. And it brings us again back to that that previous uh, point that we had on, a, I forget the episode. I should recall that much more effectively. See, this is where AI could recall that more effectively and put it into yeah. the chat box right now in Zoom. But it brings us back to that point, right? Of, uh, of, uh, if if you're not going to come up with those solutions yourself, right? And if we don't agree upon something that's the right way and the right method, right? And I reduce that down to those things of, uh, you know, lifting rocks and getting sunshine, drinking water, having good poop, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I don't I don't know if you need measurement devices, and this is where what I mean measurement devices AI comes in. So yeah. I appreciate it because we're rehashing that same area, but it's through the lens of you know, uh, measurement as being artificial intelligence, right? The measurement yeah. of those things. Yeah. And I mean, that's a good point too, that I just, uh, you know, a lot of right now, when we talk about AI has to do with like measurement of different parameters, whether it's sleep or HRV or glucose. And, you know, eventually what we were theoretically talking about is maybe more of like the production of like either workout routines or nutrition prescriptions. Yes. yes. Uh, but there are input other input, input output. Yeah. Right there. yeah. yeah. I mean, there are other examples that I think of. I mean, I always, I always joke my with my clients, and maybe it'll happen in our lifetime. And I honestly think it would be there. You know, there'd be some detriments, and there's always questions about like what's lost when you miss out on this. But like a Rosie the robot who you know makes real whole food meals. Yes. At home. Yeah. You know, say you don't like to cook. Yeah. Okay. So now uh -huh. you get real whole food meals, and they know. What's her name? Like, Rosie. On the Jetsons, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Was pretty it sure. also Rosie the Riveter? Was the, the yes. name given to uh, the the female cohorts that? Yes. Okay. Interesting. And I don't think I know too many. Maybe it was just that generation, but I don't know too many Rosies. Gosh, that's a good. I don't one. know that I know any Rosies. Rosie. Yeah, well, Rosie so. O'Donnell. But I mean, like, yeah, personally. But... Oh, personally, yeah, yeah. Well, but Rosie maybe, maybe that generation, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, but you know, when, when I think about something like that, I mean, I guess that's, that's AI, well, I mean, that's, that's, it's robotics and AI, but yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 and as I say that, I think at least two things, one is I'm sure people would still find a way to complain about, uh, you know, I, I can't get real whole food. I'm, I'm sure there would still be yeah. that complaint. And then secondly, would there be something, something lost? Yeah. Like there is with any technology. Would we lose the, uh, you know, human element of like, uh, you know, cooking our own food, perhaps, but you know, I think things like that, I think of as that, that would be a game changer. Now, whether humans actually decide to use it or not, that's a second thing. But I think, you know, you have something like that, where you can just 
have it where real whole food is made for you at home based on the ingredients you buy and you don't have to do a thing like that. That's a pretty significant change. So something like that, I think, could be potentially beneficial. Yeah. And therein, I, I keep thinking that we can't even comprehend. Right. Because the argument always comes up, especially with the GMO group, you know, 20 years ago and ironically, the GMO group last week. But we because we, we can't comprehend, you know, a computer being able to generate fuel and calories. You see what I'm saying? We, we can't even comprehend. So what I'm saying is that Rosie the robot creates the food. So we can't even comprehend the way that that Rosie can actually create calories, right? We get we get stuck, we get jammed up on, oh, there's no way they can mimic a cow that's eating grass under the sun. You see what I'm saying? We, our brain can't even get to that point, right? So this is- Oh, where so you're, you're talking like uh, even- so further. what I was talking about is like, yeah, so you're talking even further with like, they're generating from like a, yeah, like a lab grown like meat or something like that, or yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. in, inside the thing is a plate, close the door, Ro Rosie does this, and then she opens the door, full meal, right? So, I mean, our brains can't, that's that's the point that Eliezer made. We can't even comprehend those thought experiments because we, we jam ourselves with all these political or, you know, beliefs that we have right these things that just can't get us there and right. so that's something that i just wanted to add to the conversation of the concept of the positive positive future piece of that right so quote unquote them saying which which is also going to get into the area that i guess we probably should uh you know jump on after my point here is that you can't it's very tough to mimic work so you know, like, like resistance and contractions. So I do want to go there because I just did a more recent episode on that of zapping yourself, trying to mimic the electrical hermetic response, right? I'm sorry, I'm getting on too many tangents there, but yeah, the, it's possible that maybe in the food area that uh, that can be generated from a computer that is a perfect resemblance, right? It's just that we can't come up with the ways to how that's going to be determined. Yet we forget yeah. that we came up with bombs, right? Nuclear bombs. Right. You know? And that's an unbelievable amount of energy created, you know? Right. And, uh, maybe maybe that was just an important project for politics, but maybe the future project will be an important thing because we have billions of people who are starving. And now someone comes up with a generation of energy that is very helpful and is the opposite of that. Yeah, certainly possible. Yeah, I mean, that... That's, uh, you know, maybe version 15.0 or 20.0. But yeah, I mean, that, that yeah, that certainly could happen. And uh, just like we've talked about before, like the rate at which this is happening is is accelerating. Um, and I guess to that to that point you were making that we can we can we can jump to a bit more. Um, I mean, one of the things that I routinely say to all the people I work with, um, you know, hiring a coach isn't like hiring someone to re-roof your house or uh drive you to the airport or uh you know going to a restaurant where it's like oh here is the money and then there is the the thing yeah. uh no one can be healthy for you uh, you know yeah. a coach can guide and support and hold you accountable to a certain extent but ultimately it's it's up to you uh you know even if rosie the robot can make the food you know even jeff bezos and bill gates would still need to eat the food even jeff bezos and bill gates you know still need to get their butt in bed by 10 p.m even jeff yes. bezos and bill gates still need to do you know contractions and uh endurance and but you brought up an interesting point you know what what could is there any and again we're just talking out loud here but is there any extent to which that could be co-opted with like you know 
I think you were saying patches yes. or just yeah. 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 And I gave credence to that uh, on the my own personal live a larger life episode that I did uh, because I brought up that uncomfortable case again of, you know, me and possibly you, but I'll just categorize me here being a purist saying, no, you actually have to do the challenge and the physical work because you download all these things that come with it right that that make you more resilient and then if you just as a computer looking at that you're like that's so dumb and inefficient right just zap your muscles do you see my right. point because because down at the lowest level that's all that's happening now i know how hard it is to stretch your brain on like no there's like functional carryover to them doing lunges and <laughs> catching their baby <laughs> in a lunch or whatever. it's like we're past that point but you know what really needs to ha have happen, and this is where I find it phenomenal that we're here in this conversation for that particular thing, because uh, this is all deep fake. I'm actually, it's not James Fitzgerald actually talking right now, but it's so crazy that they that James has come up with this. Um, that's very, very meta right there. Yeah. <laughs> My brain is melting right now. <laughs> I've been pilled, no color. Um, yeah, the, that this we have to we have to deal with that right we have to deal with that that just like in the food example maybe uh you know we have to recognize we don't need to move we don't need to move um in most cases we don't need to and i should say we don't need to in this area we don't need to contract and we don't we don't we don't need to do those volitional contractions that's going to create carryover to most of the functional things we need to do day to day. If that is the case, then health wise, what does the computer need to do to, to make us go through those contractions daily to keep us elongating out on this cognitive revolution that we're in? Yeah. We're just in those matrix pods and it's just pumping the little, uh, yeah, we don't keep the muscles alive. Well, I mean, I know I'm being I'm being very cornered on it, but I mean, I don't need to I don't need to run to the desert and hunt coyotes and rabbits, you know, to feed my family. I don't need to yeah. do it, you know, and my, my point, if anyone's listening there, in order for me to get the coyotes and rabbits, in case you're not thinking about this, you know, this is why the I, I I'm I'm very empathetic to the conversation on uh, uh, gun laws or you know, anything else is tied into that. And also hunters, like true hunters, and that that concept of like living on the land, etc. Why? Because you actually have to do physical work to be rewarded for the calories that you do for that physical work. Right? And that's what I meant by my point. I can sit here and get 1200 calories in a half hour that I do no work for. And that's the this is the area of tie-in of, well, what is the manifestation of physical contractions today? It's what we all see as fitness. We're doing fitness. Why? Because we're still consuming that energy. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to that point, I mean, and this is, you know, a famous topic in philosophy is the notion of like reductionism and how much can you reduce before you kind of like lose things out and, uh, two two examples come to mind, and I I don't know whether this is this, this is the case for fitness, but I suspect you know there probably is more to what we get out of fitness than just the muscle contractions. But 
uh, two famous examples. One, you know, that I'm sure you're aware of is um, what was it like the 1980s or something like that, or whenever they were developing a formula. Uh, whenever they're developing formula, they're like, "Oh, these oligosaccharides, humans don't digest those. We don't, we don't need those for anything." And then it's like, "Oh, well, turns out the microorganisms in your gut need them, you know, for proper beneficial flora and what have you." So that's an example. That's one example of like, "Oh, well, uh, you know, we thought we only needed this stuff to constitute breast milk. Turns out there was more to it." Another example would be, you know, for all the uh, the macro bros out there. You think you can just eat uh, PB, PP and J's and pizza and, you know, take a multi. Um, there's a whole lot to synergies between vitamins and minerals and things we don't even understand yet beyond, you know, these recent discoveries that go beyond just like what you could find in pill form. So what does that all have to do with what you were just saying? I, I wonder the extent to which, you know, again, going back to that notion of like, you have to experience the thing, not necessarily just like, not necessarily for the muscle growth that, that very well may be, be able to be replicated at some point in the future, but you know, whatever the, uh, the virtues of the fitness enterprise are that we've talked about in terms of, you know, hard work and challenge and value and intention and meeting and all those, those other things, if that makes sense. Oh, it does make sense. But I, uh, I just keep thinking about, uh, us coming up with, you know, the, the resistance and the contractions and the fueling scenarios um really thinking that it's making us uh functionally better to live our lives but but it's but it's not you know in in the in the in the whole right i'm not discounting the fact that there's always other things that come you know with those challenges and physical challenges that improve people but I, i'm still i'm still uh yeah i'm just i'm just stuck with that um yeah i'm just stuck with that of trying to figure out the 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 and again what what is what is what is sticking me there is that we can't <clears throat> we can't comprehend no i think i'm i'm, I'm not uh, i can't i can't move from it because we you know we we don't have to do work to get food like we don't need to and and, and um but but we we choose to <laughs> and and we have to and i'm just want to be careful that uh i'm not falling into that like well we have to and therefore dot 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 you're going to get all these other benefits from it well yeah i i think people do get benefits from it because we've experienced it but that still doesn't that still doesn't mean we need to do it we don't need to do movement um and then in case we're, you know, people are not still staying track with us here, we're saying that we're questioning the idea that uh, of the measurement of the input and output and whether the human has, you know, really has, has any benefits of doing it intentionally and volitionally relative to just getting it if i'm being if i'm being honest you're just you're just getting the information you're getting rosie the robot's meal and calories from the open closed door right and you're getting the zaps right and my point is i don't think we can comprehend that that is just as vital that's just as vital as us quote unquote coming up with our own challenges, doing our own challenges and like going hunting and making broccoli and hunting for coyotes. I think, I think it's the same outputs on the back end.
when you define what vitality is. But I think we just can't Maybe. comprehend that, just like we can't comprehend, voila, computers come up with energy, or voila, computers come up with uh, the definition of vitality as inputs, right? To your point, I think just take the steps further. Maybe it's more than zaps. Maybe what comes into those zaps, right? Just think about Neuralink. So you've got Neuralink set up as well as you have zaps, right? So the Neuralink is connecting from your brain to your spinal cord, to your muscles, the zap feedback. So now, you know, how do you know? How do we know? I don't know, but how do you not know that I can't get zapped in 10 years. And I actually, you know, meant quote unquote, psychologically, mentally, brain-wise, went through all those physical challenges. Do you see, because the feedback was the contractions, right, from the electricity. Are you sticking with me there? So I'm just trying to take the like 14.0 version of the contractions, right? If yeah. you're and that yeah. and see, my point is we're still stuck at that, that inside of that medium is artificial intelligence. So my whole point that I, I'll keep pulling out is like, well, who is designing, who is designing the inputs, who is designing the inputs and what do they gain from that? And that's why I always lead to uh, this dystopic version of someone just making money off you doing it without us realizing that, that we don't, we don't need to do it. And that's why it's in place. Yeah, it's entirely possible. I mean, I, I just, uh, I'm imagining someone like being asleep or having popped an ambient and like they have like an exoskeleton that's like making them run from the Neuralink, but they're not like aware, but like they get the cardio benefits just based on what you're saying. And it's like, they wake up and it's like, wow, I feel refreshed, but they didn't. Yeah. Let me check my thing. I'm like my uh, cardio respiratory uh, improvements were 2%, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. Um I don't yeah. want to let I don't want to let go of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to let go of it um, as a as an option. Um, and I think that when personally, when my brain goes there as an option, it just makes me uh, makes me recognize. Actually, it may seem like it. You know, this is the common case may make people pessimistic, but uh, no, it actually gives me more energy towards the the true human experience of physical challenge. Just because I come up with those things don't mean that I don't leave here and go and appreciate what I, what my physical constraints are, right? I'm not, I'm not putting money and energy into that short track artificial intelligence route. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going for a run. I, I, I need to get like tripped up, right. Or I need to get burnt by the sun. Um, I need to bonk, you know, those, those are, but, but I, I don't also want to say that we're never going to, be able to rely on computers to actually get those inputs. We may be, yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, again, this is what we were talking about. Like we just don't know it's, yep. it's, it's certainly a conceptual possibility. You know, Sam Altman has, uh, has uh chat GPT and Dolly. I, I say we develop this exoskeleton where you're <laughs> that that's where we'll make our money. Like you, 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 like I, I used to say, no one can be healthy for you. Now the exoskeleton can while you are sleeping it can do your sets and reps. Yep. And then you wake up and like you don't need to take time out of your day to work out. Um the exoskeleton. Just the thing that that or the exoskeleton with the like it, you know, it, it moves you through the paces. 
And maybe eventually it'll just be zaps without the exoskeleton. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, the truth is, I don't know. My my intuitive gut feeling, which could be entirely wrong, but same with like the Searle Chinese room argument and the book, you know, uh, the NDPR book I'd sent you about like autonomy with respect to knowledge versus it just being like downloaded to your brain. There's something missing in the input output. It's like, ah, uh, okay, so like the muscle grew this much and your glucose is this, but you know, are there other aspects, deeply important aspects to the human experience that are being missed by you not uh, consciously engaging in this activity or um, so I don't know. And that, that, that could be entirely wrong, but that's my, that's no. where my brain, my brain yeah, goes. Totally. And I, I'll connect two points there. Read the inevitable by Kevin Kelly. Cause he does talk about this, this meshing and also dig into some reading on um, the psychedelic, you know, we're coming out of this uh, winter that we were in for that connection, right? Because that's the same idea. We're having, we're having downloaded, we're, we're having things that we're doing, right? We're, we're giving ourselves specific kinds of micronutrients, right? That is actually, but my point being is that I'll, I'll, I'll lean against, you know, keep our minds open to the idea of what you just described as something missing there. We keep forgetting that, especially the people that with with uh, uh, positive intentions of this discovery, especially with the psychedelic psychedelics experience, and I would say the positive intentions are are would, would are deeply embedded in the especially in the post traumatic stress disorder uh, individuals, or let's call it brain brain rewiring requirements for people. Um, or brain injury, et cetera. I would I would go there as being a very positive intentions based on this. And what they're seeing with those individuals is that uh, the the human the human can't come up with can't come up with uh, an input output strategy that improves things. So so what do you do? Well, the psychedelics plus you know the computer quote unquote you know giving you the right kind of stuff information. This is the thing that you're missing on, I think, on this point here is that you're forgetting what's going on inside the human is they're developing. They're developing a strategy for a better output that changes up the computer's input. And so what's happening in that little space there, to your point, in that particular situation, I know for psychedelics and post-traumatic strain dis uh, stress disorder, is they are actually having an upgrade of a rewiring, right? So it it is it is human and computer, quote unquote, working together at the same time, you know. And I, can can you parallel that over to other areas where you can see like that uh, that connected link? Or did you lose me on the 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 corner of the rehabilitative component and not not carry it over? No, I I, I see I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, I actually thought of a example connecting human and computer, but in maybe maybe the opposite direction talking about what we were talking about before we're like what might be the limitations of it i was thinking of the uh you know routinely go to the physics example when, when we think of like uh einstein and quantum mechanics all developed you know general relativity special relativity quantum mechanics all developed pre-computers for the most part yeah um and you know to the most sophisticated and uh, helpful theories we've ever had um, to describe the world and have helped us essentially create all the technology we have today. And we have tons of computational power now um, and yet physics and still. 
So that that's that's kind of where I that's kind of where I go with some of this. I mean, yes. I, I, it could be wrong. I mean, maybe maybe Blake through oh. plateau, but it makes me wonder. Um, you know, people will say like, "Oh, dude, we'll get figured out," and it's like, you know, uh, uh, Lee Smolin and others that we've discussed in the past talking about this idea of like critical thinking, philosophy. Yes, the computers are getting ever better at like predicting these outcomes and making predictions based on based on quantum mechanics but like it it's 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 really good at a particular thing and not so good at uh like the, the and may, maybe it will be maybe it will be but i i uh again that's just what i go to when i think of like there's there's something still missing but maybe that will be accounted for at some point yep no you uh yeah that's a good point uh, especially in the um the 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 physics area, I, I would agree upon that. Um, and I have nothing, yeah, I have nothing to add to that, but you do bring up a good point. There's probably, and it makes me just think that there probably are other areas um, outside of just physics that have that same kind of plateau that has happened. And I just want to give space for the opportunity that it could also be that some of the things that were quote unquote discovered a couple hundred years ago were just so phenomenal, you know, that it's, it's all, it's actually, it's actually, it's like the, you know, dark matter expansion that's happening, right? We, we thought that for, you know, billions of years, energy, you know, stay the same. And all of a sudden there's this dark matter explosion and an increase in expansion that's happening right in the universe. But, you know, I'm, I hope you're connecting there. There was still, there was still expansion, but it's, it was our perception of the expansion and the growth. Just, just to the point on physics and the yeah plateau, you know what I'm saying? So it's uh it's just so phenomenal of like those things that were discovered that everything after that is like, well, they're kind of just add-ons and therefore it doesn't look like this. And that's where I'm I I'm I'm just pausing to just use just to use the point of context of physics that but physics in 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 compare uh, sorry, physics in combination with the digital landscape has really only had 20 years of practice. So that that's where I'm I'm giving some pause there to say that maybe we're just in the we're just in the early stages of a lifetime where physics will have another massive expansion because oh, yeah. of because of the digital landscape being in place to answer a lot of those questions that took these brains, these actual human brains so much time to go through to come up with those unbelievable discoveries. Yeah, it's, it's, it's possible, uh, you know, and, and then the question is, is it like the, uh, the handmaiden where it, you know, it delivers these results and then it takes someone kind of philosophically reflecting on them to, you know, come up with the new nature of time and space, or yeah. is it the, the devices themselves? Um, and as you were saying that it made me think of another important point for us to bear in mind with fitness that, you know, obviously people can disagree with us and write in and it's worth a discussion, but, Unlike physics and unlike other areas of human endeavor, um, there are certain things to still be found out about immunology and biochemistry and, you know, blood sugar balance and cortisol, but the story has been written on health. Yes. Story has been written on health and uh, it's so artificial intelligence isn't so much, uh, you know, whereas in physics, we're talking about like, well, hi, how do we get this unification of, you know. Uh, quantum mechanics and uh, general relativity, uh, which is still yet to be figured out and um, still lots to be figured out in epigenetics and immunology. Um, the story with 
how to cultivate human health has already been written and what AI may or may not help with. Its use case is really one of implementation, not necessarily discovery yeah. anymore. So yeah. that's that's a fundamental asymmetry between the fitness and health landscape and the um, other areas of human endeavor where we're trying to you know explore the planets and we're, we, we don't know what's going on, but with yeah. health, like, we, we, we do know. So it's yeah, really that's a good, yeah, that's a good summary. It also brings us back to center here of uh, uh, my principal question that comes up in this area is who's the designer? You know, who's the designer of that uh, of that intelligence of the input output? Because the designer is defining health for each person. Yeah. The designer is also, uh, you know, uh, ha has has. Well has something to gain from from the uh from the feedback loops you know right it's got something to gain right otherwise why would you do it <laughs> and right. this is where this is where i fall is like well there's no reason to do it because the answer is already there right so, so but you know and it always comes up uh to your to your point that i i just want to be careful of saying that because that's the case it doesn't mean that Artificial intelligence will not help a uh, a young child discover, you know, upon birth, you know, some specific things that they need to do to ward off, you know, unending death by age six. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, if if you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm I'm against that process. I am like 100% all for that, right? Yeah. All for that. If there, if artificial intelligence gets in the way of a doctor making a bad decision, then I am, I am, you know, I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm just giving you one contextual example yeah, right, of, of like where where the computer's like, well, listen, you know, sweetie, uh, your daughter has this thing that we've determined from our little like one scan that we do, um, that like says this is this is what's going to come up and we've developed so much data and so much the computer just knows so much that these are the things you need to look out for you know like her exposure to this and this is what she does day to day and etc um you know because of daddy and because of mama and because of your lineage and what's inside all the cells you know see so that that's what i'm saying that artificial intelligence is it has, it has a positive place to play inside of that but I do not want to go <laughs> all on board uh, with it for the ethical issues inside of it, outside of those particular situations. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it brings to mind a couple of examples, one of which maybe doesn't require too much discussion, but the other one we could, you know, uh, talk about a bit more because I think it's a good example. Um, so like, you know, type one diabetics with a continuous glucometer and an insulin pump that response to that that's AI light, uh, you know, that, and that, that is, you know, millions of people that that's a, that's a really good example of like how, gosh, as opposed to finger pricks and like shooting yourself with a needle, yep. life is a whole lot better, uh, yep. with that stuff, but that's, you yep. know, that's using its predictive algorithm to essentially feed you what you need, but you had brought up, you know, I'll feed you what you want. Well, what you no, my, my whole point being is that if you look deeper inside of the people that are putting all the money into glucometers, guess who owns all that, that whole system? I mean, I know Abbott is 
the makers of the freestyle libre uh yeah. who, who did you have in mind well it's inside of the whoever's going to make money off you know the insulin train or individuals that are going to you know make recommendations that people have to pay for for the decisions on the back end of that score that's what i meant by you know what they what they you know that that is the score no doubt but it's you know again who who's behind all the design of it to my point like do we re and this is where sorry to go on a tangent on a baseball on that point but it drives me crazy because and i need to pick on these particular individuals uh rob wolf and diane rogers right and listening to you know their their concept of what they want for you know a, a let's let's call it better nutrient you know level for most humans and yet yet one of their sponsors is a reorder program for this glucon this constant blood sugar thing right and and, and I, I, my I, my brain gets stuck on it is like <laughs> is do, do you really need that device when it comes down to what anyways what i define right do you need that feedback and if you do get that feedback i'm telling you that they're giving you a score back because there's something on the back end that you need to do and again that's where i get get stuck on you know how many people do actually benefit from that and are they actually going to make the decisions going forward like do you do you need to have that on to see that having you know a bunch of you know um, just being reduced on a bunch of shit food is causing this particular score and what's the behaviors that's going to happen to these people when they try to game that you know so that's what i meant sorry to go back on it and i get emotional on it cuz i'm kind of i have an issue with it uh, with the the tech and the AI inside of it and who designs what they want you to see with regards to the score, because there's always something on the back end they need to connect you to. Maybe. I, yeah, maybe this is a place where, I mean, you know, and I, I understand your position. Maybe this is a place where we have a disagreement. I, I, I don't think anyone, I, don't, I certainly don't think Rob Wolf or anyone else is advocating that you wear this for the rest of your life, unless it's like a type one diabetic, um, you know, can it be a temporary project for a metabolically broken society to see that, uh, to make you more aware, um, you know, that, uh, like I had someone the other day that had, uh, you know, some instant oats and their stuff rocketed up to like 180 feel fine, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Not, not everyone not everyone has the same interoception as everyone else. I would say, I don't know that everyone has the same perception of symptoms uh, as everyone else. I think there's some things that genetically load the gun more than others. Um, for someone like you were saying earlier to be more predisposed to something. I, I, yeah, I do. I no, think it's yeah, it's it's good because we're we, it is bringing us back to our previous, like way back our previous disagreement, which and, and that's it's not our job to try to come to a consensus on our agreement of that, yeah, right? Of course. It's not, and uh, um, but you you know it, uh, it, and I'll I'll repeat I've I've I just have I've been through that, you know, and I don't I don't say that to say that. Uh, to say that, well, just keep that project going and see what comes from it. Well, I've already been through that project numerous times for a long period of time. And no, it doesn't end up being positive on the back end. It creates a compensatory system 
Um, and, it, and it creates these questions, which you just brought up there on the definition of intuition and the definition of, um, you know, intuition and feedback uh, from your example, the oats. How do we know that uh, uh, those particular persons um, do have some unseated issues that can be fixed, you know, just through good eating and exercise over a period of time, where now all of a sudden the oats do give them a different feedback, but it didn't take any, it didn't take any rendition of artificial intelligence or measurement or diagnostics to get there. It was just because we agreed upon what, what is good food. And I know I'm leaving a lot in there with regards to it, yeah. but I, I, at the same time, I agree with your point. Sure. Everyone has different intuitions and different feedback based upon food stuff that they take in. But when you take into consideration what they come in with, in my point, it can make sense to me why people can have oats score this quote unquote and still have, you know, but, but my point is, is that if you keep stretching that out over time, which I have done numerous iterations, it makes people more dependent on trying to find out what works for them, not what is the defining principle of what is good food and what exercise should be day to day. Yeah. So again, which, which is Perhaps. great. I just rehashing yeah. that it's good that we have that, that disagreement on it because it, uh, there's something there's something good in there that we still need to keep bringing up and i'm i'm glad that in this episode we go right back to that particular area of you know when the machine is involved and are there positive outcomes you know unless we define what what optimal health is and what optimal guidelines are we're kind of we're kind of always going to have that like well if this could help in this situation but what happens if we just all agreed upon this to start? Will we ever get to that? Well, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and there's there's a lot that we both agree on within there. I mean, I think we both agree. Yeah, it's not necessary. Asterisk, like lots of things aren't necessary, but helpful. Do you know what I mean? And not everyone responds to the same stimuli. So, right. you know, there, there are plenty of people who never need to do a food journal because they just grew up eating healthy and they know how to eat healthy and they're going to maintain that for the rest of their life. Um, there are plenty of people who are never going to need to know how many calories or grams of protein or what have you, you know, they intake, but for certain people for a short period of time, certainly not for the rest of their life, that can be an eye-opening experience to see like, Oh, Hey, Whoa. Uh, I didn't realize once I track things that I'm getting, you know, a hundred grams a day, of uh of sugar and you know 250 grams of carbs and 50 grams of protein and you know what what have you um so i think um the glucometer can play a similar short-term role and i mean we we both agree on like the practices that need to be instantiated to get one to health um i certainly don't think that oats are bad or wrong because one person responds in a certain way after a lot a life you know, of being stressed out and, you know, all these different things. Um, yeah. I think maybe the, the crux is like, because this thing isn't needed, therefore it isn't helpful. And like, there are lots of people for whom information delivered in different ways can be, you know, some, for some people, the in-body is the smack in the face for other thing for other, you know, people it's, you know, not being able to uh, climb up the slide with their kids. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, oh, they're totally. different. There, there are different things that kind of hit different people in different ways. And uh, I, 
yeah, I I do not believe in any way, shape, or form that uh, the glucometer, even if not used for type one diabetics, is just for uh, nefarious money making purposes and is not helping people who use it somehow better their health. I I don't it, the 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 upshot of them using it isn't you know Abbott Laboratories isn't selling uh supplements outside of you know they're selling prescriptions obviously but they're not selling supplements it's like hey how can you optimize your food to uh to have better you know real whole food to to optimize your glucose response so yeah that that would be my my thought there i guess yeah no it's a and to continue you know thanks for hitting the tennis ball over uh to go back i mean you're just reiterating in language what the what the contention is here and that is that um i you know, I, I just want to have a more honest discussion on uh, what real food is, and all the benefits of that. And I just don't see the time that should be spent on the diagnostics of making people realize that they're eating this particular food that's causing this, and they need to have artificial intelligence measurement to do that. Instead, which is what I agree upon in the specific example here of Diane and Rob, just, you know, have, you know, real food as your base support. So why do you need the measurement in between if we're all agreeing that real food is the base support is the answer? That's where I'm, that's right. That's why I say, well, why would you even propose a measurement device? Oh, because you think it helps people move along their way to better behaviors? Well, I can tell you, I can tell you it doesn't. Right. But I don't have, you know, I, I'm not going to go through 25 different case studies here. Um, yeah. But that's that's why my, my strength is in the support of the basics right from the get go. Right. Oh, should I go to this food log to help me figure out that I'm feeling this way? How about we just agree that whole food and real food is the best method? And let's now work on behaviors that get you to that point. Oh, I don't need to measure it. No, you didn't measure it. Are you are you going to argue that broccoli is is worse than Doritos? Do you see that? And and I know people get it's like it's not always Doritos. It is. It fucking ends up with that as the argument. You end up, well, I found this broccoli, you know, supplement. You know, that's that's where you end up the whole time. Instead, you should have from the beginning just said, just <laughs> take this the right way, shut up and eat broccoli. <laughs> shut your mouth, find some broccoli. <laughs> How do you eat the broccoli if your mouth is shut though? Rosie puts it in through your ear. Like, <laughs> you get to get broccoli goop through your ear. <laughs> my mouth is shut and I'm pumping myself with broccoli. Uh. No, I, I think we both basically, I, I mean, and, and obviously Rob and Diana are like part of this general project too. Like obviously been huge proponents of, of, of huge proponents of real whole food. I just, yeah, I guess I, uh, it to me i i hear it similar to what you're saying and I, I use this analogy with clients sometimes about like yeah financially to be healthy spend within your means great that's that's fantastic into the blgs right spend within your means that's fantastic and like if you started doing that for the beginning of your life don't need to worry about anything else but you're a hundred thousand dollars in debt spending within your means isn't going to do the trick anymore mm -hmm. it's necessary but it's not sufficient so you know i don't think someone who is you know, one of the things we don't know a lot of times with health is we don't have an accurate 
gauge on like how much debt someone is. <laughs> and if someone is at a fasting level of 120 to 130 and their stuff is spiking to 200, I'm all in favor of real whole food, but maybe it's not the best idea to eat 250 grams of oats or rice each day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I'm on the real whole food bandwagon there. Yeah, you're getting, like, yeah, you're getting into a separate conversation, I think on, um, yeah, cost and economy. And I, I think it'll just pull us away from the, the conversation. Cause again, I would argue differently to that. Um, but it's, it's for a conversation for another time. You are bringing up a good point though, of getting inside of each person's individual, you know, abilities to be yeah. able to move towards real food. Yeah, I get it. But, um, and when I say I get it, I, I, that means that I'm just being short on saying, I understand the point, but again, that, that means we need to go into another area of topic of every person's individual economic and wealth strategies. And if you go down that road, you can't just pull out the beans and oats and rice argument without talking about where, you know, uh, human labor, uh, without talking about actual food for, without talking about epigenetics, without talking about where they spend the rest of their money. You know, like there's so many other things you have to pull inside of it that, uh, that again, bring that back to them finding, finding the right, right ability to be able to find uh, real food. So I said I was going to, you know, yes. take it to another area, but we we do because it, it kind of just allows us, it's just basically then you and me talking about, you know, food deserts and, and uh, economic access to real food and micronutrient, et cetera. And like, you know, sourcing from the land and et cetera. I mean, that's where that brings us to a different area. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a good point. Let's bring us back to kind of where we were. So what, what sort of things do you feel like are are missing from artificial intelligence. I had a, I had a starting list of, you know, intention, uh, deep understanding, uh, relationships, values, ethics, uh, critical thinking, assumption, questioning, um, any thoughts on any of those or other things that you think might be missing from kind of the, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, side of things? No, I mean, by bringing those up though, you do, it, it does, Re, uh, reignite the conversation of what is missing between humans and computers right and right. that you know and we could and that that's consistently actually brought up in the uh, i would call it the if there's five levels of understanding of this particular topic and you and i are on level four of the understanding of the topic the people on the level one understanding of the topic or like, yeah, but uh, computers can't love you. You know, it's like it, 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 but it does, you know, bring up again, our, our reignition of the point. You have to go here first and say, well, what's the difference between what humans can do and what they're capable of and what we've evolved to be able to do and what computers can do. And so I think the list actually could be longer, but it's probably going to have to take me time to like sit down and be like, well, it's all these things. But the fact that the list can be longer under those things, intention, relationships, values, like, gosh, it, it just goes to show you again, how important it is that we start the premise of where, where should AI fit in fitness by saying, well, what's the difference between artificial intelligence and natural intelligence? And that is a monstrosity of a demarcation, in my opinion, right? In my opinion. Um, but I still say inside of fitness, what is missing is uh, the, the conversation uh, and what we're going to do 
when we've now realized we don't need to move. That That's where I'm going to continue to go back to as to what's missing. What's missing from artificial intelligence? The fact that it can't, it can't, it can it can't yet <laughs> connect us to zapping and creating food to get us there because we're faking it we and we know we're faking it because we don't need to do it as again i don't we don't need to go out and get the so that's what i think is missing from artificial intelligence in the topic of fitness is we're not there yet on on the computer you know acting on behalf of us again the exoskeleton idea acting on behalf of us to give this material thing an increase in vitality. We're not there yet. So that's what's missing. Okay. And I mean, to that point, you know, I guess going back to what we were saying earlier, you you think, uh, yeah, so I, I guess mean, it's it, action. If I'm going to down to one word, that's what it's missing. Cause the things you brought up there are really can be contemplation as cognitive function, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then we can go into the area. Well, I mean, psychedelics and marijuana, you know, can give a lot of people a deeper understanding. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, well, okay. But, but with, with regards to the action thing, right. The, the actual, you know, transmission of calcium and potassium shit going on in the muscle level, like, yeah, that's uh artificial intelligence. Not there yet. 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 So, yeah, I mean, if I'm hearing you correctly and going back to what we were saying earlier, you think it's certainly possible and perhaps even likely that at some point, uh, you know, we, we have the saying currently no one can be healthy for you. It, it may may be the case that someone could be healthy for you in the future. Or or something. Something, yeah. Can be healthy for you. Yeah. If we're calling the exoskeleton a, a thing and now we're into like, well, it's your thing. So is it you? Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think her, the movie, will give people some pause on that particular idea because it involves uh, emotion yeah. connected to the thing. And that's where we get into that darker zone. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's the thought of that mating. It's the thought of the person and how powerful that is biologically. Right. You know, that, that's that's the, that's the, uh, the in-between there. So, yeah, I just think we're not there yet. Yeah, but that I mean that movie also, yeah. I mean it without giving too much away, like it it shows the fundamental distinction between like appearance and reality and like this thing this thing can generate the relevant outputs, but it's not it's not the genuine article. Yeah, yeah. And Blade Runner does a good job of that too, remember, with his uh previous relationship and the real the lack of reality in the yeah, exactly. So uh and listen, I forget who come comedian mentioned that, but <laughs> oh, who was it? Anyways, he was bringing up a joke about the sixth sense. <laughs> and he's like, why am I even concerned what you think about what happens in that movie? It's been 20 years. That's your fault for not. not oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, yeah. So I'm the always going to do that. 20 years later, yeah. Exactly. I'm always going to do that when you start a spoiler alert because I, I, you're a little bit more sensitive to people who you may be uh, spoiling yeah. for them. So instead, let's yeah. just give it to them. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's your fault. You haven't watched it. Anyways, Bruce Willis dies. First scene, he's dead the whole time. <laughs> Anyways, the and the joke was as funny as that too. I was like, yeah, I mean, come on. There's a uh, there's a YouTube channel that discusses different movies. It's called Heavy Spoilers. 
and uh you know, they just they just they just they just say from that's like good. the get-go it's like yeah it's just gonna be all a spoiler so that's, that's what we'll be known for just spoiling movies for people heavy spoiling um so i guess the last one maybe to discuss for today and then maybe we can leave the profession and coaching and the collective for uh another time because that's kind of a big a big topic um how do you think well we might be able to tie it in based upon your question um yeah yeah i guess yeah the, the no need for a coach well you already think there's no need for a coach it's not like the ai is gonna <laughs> it's yeah. gonna change that yeah. um but uh but and, and maybe i mean so we we discussed this very interesting like uh maybe 2100 you know year 2100 possibility of like the exoskeleton but maybe maybe in the next 10 years uh how will or any, any thoughts on how artificial intelligence will uh influence the practice of fitness or the fitness uh, in, in individual um, in terms of, you know, whether it's a digital motivator or, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. So for a coach or anything like that. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I just, uh, and that's why I said that maybe in the profession and the collective, it kind of just work backwards and say, well, with this premise, you know, then there's no profession and there's no collective, right. The, the quote unquote, the future project, is everyone on Coach RX, and that Coach RX uh, runs by itself with no human input. Uh, all we've done is just looked at uh, what we consider to be the base support of what everyone should do, and of course, it's colored more than three meals a day of whole food patterns. One day, pacing the next, learn and adapt. Right? There's a decision made inside of there with all those principles. So all you need to do is punch Coach RX and it knows, right? It knows all your accessibility and all your capabilities and it just presses play for the rest of your life as to what you should do because the answers are already there. So that, that's my that's my uh, simple starting point for that. And you know, now I'm looking forward to a retort on all the issues that could arise if we just simply have that. No, uh, I mean, Brandon and I joke back back to group programming, right? So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, walk, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, lift rocks. Actually, Sunday off, and everyone's incorrect. programming. Well, you're incorrect. It's uh, it's uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, it's long walking, and uh, Monday, ah, Wednesday, okay. Friday, it's uh, is, is resistance. resistance, yeah, but it's forms of resistance, and that, that again, this is, brings us to a separate area which I really do enjoy talking, but it's not for today. I love contemplating on that, like what you know, how to determine what people should do that I call it coloring, you know, coloring the patterns experience, right? Like, what does that look like for each individual? And it's, in my opinion, it's not that complex. And I think, do think that computers can figure out what people should do for that. Um, yeah. Now, because you're also remembering that CoachRx is not just an app. It, of course, gets feedback from the client, right? There's, there's biometric feedback uh, for the client that, that really, really tells them again. And my, you know, my app would not tell them to go get a drug, right? My app is going to tell them, no, what you ate is shitty. That's making you sick. So there's that, you know? So, I mean, and, and now, now you can get into like, well, what kind of app is going to gain steam out there? If it's not going to, if it's going to tell people, you know, that they're, uh, getting on less, less healthy. 
So, so am I hearing you say, James, that there's an app that someone is making money for that involves artificial intelligence that can actually be <laughs> beneficial? This is like Terminator 3 where like Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, can't kill John Connor, must kill John Connor. Like <laughs> the wormhole is collapsing. I'll, in on I'll just allow everyone to come up with their own, <laughs> their own movie reel. <laughs> so it can be so either you know it's, it's like this sentence is a lie it's like <laughs> so it can be beneficial yes software can be beneficial yep yep um uh... no and to that point i was actually i was thinking the other day i mean we you know we've talked about this a number of times uh this just made me think about you know we, we keep coming back to this point well you don't you don't need you know more than lifting rocks you don't need more than walking but you know, in, in, inside of that term, like physical expression, I tend to think a lot of like uh, artistic expression or musical expression. It's like, well, some people, you know, my brother really loves the gymnastic stuff. Yeah. I really like the powerlifting. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's, there's, yeah. there's something, there's something to that notion of like, uh, and going back to the Coach Rex idea, I think there's something to that notion of like, yes, you may not need but some people like to bike yeah and i mean again, like I'll just keep saying yeah. it, it's it's the emotions in humans that get us into trouble there all the time because we're forgetting because we can't comprehend but the computer's going to tell you simply right like uh you know th those particular gymnastics exercise and the that uh, uh resistance that all goes into the vitality experiment yeah fantastic but then then so they're going to do some kipping pull-ups and they're like i noticed the torque on your shoulder that's stupid. Stop it. Like it's going to be, we just can't comprehend that the computer is going to give them that feedback. Well, we also have to remember that inside of that, the computer is going to say, that's stupid. That's stupid. That's just your emotions. Right? Your emotions are leading you towards those things. Oh, I like to do this. Yeah, but that's dumb because we're inside of the vitality project. Right. So you can see that there's probably room in there of that nuance between capabilities because I'll give you another example. There's going to be, let's use the Matt Fraser example. Matt Fraser comes on, right? And and we have to remember the 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 model is still the model's not going to say, Matt, you should do walking lunges in your yard and then take a sauna. No, it's going to know, right? It's going to know their capabilities, but it's going to long stream PL be also be be able to predict, which is ironically that I'll probably be the formulator of the plan that. <laughs> resists entropy the best after so many short years of intense activity, I'll write that plan that says, no, we are dealing with your personal capabilities and what we're defining, i.e. the app and Coach RX, all right, as what you should do for the rest of your life, right? And I, I give Matt because people are like, oh, you know, he can't do kipping. No, at that point, Coach RX may actually prescribe it to him because it's inside of the vitality experiment of basically bringing him back to doing pull-ups when he's 65 that's healthy for his shoulder this is my whole point on the on that being we just have to remember that the the computer doesn't care about how you feel right it's what's factual in terms of what the outputs need to be for the human that's going to connect you to vitality and yes it's more than lifting rocks <laughs> we need to continue yeah. it's just colored right it's colored yeah. and that's what i say the coloring is a great project i get it but and, and i'll leave it up to people to do that but inside that coloring, always remember what dependency is inside that coloring. Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, I think that also brings up something that we'll probably, I mean, we have discussed to a certain extent before, but I think 
highlights one of the limitate limitations of artificial intelligence and is worth discussing uh at a later point as well this notion of um you know having a drink messes with vitality staying up late for new year's eve messes with vitality uh having children can very easily mess with vitality serving in the army can mess with vitality um doing brazilian jiu-jitsu can mess with vitality and yet we all take the same dirt nap in the end um so what what things are worth more than others and uh you know is uh you know vitality is important but uh just like autonomy is important but you know considering balancing these different values is is important as well yeah well it it takes a it takes an initial premise of the definition of vitality because with those examples you had given well some of them um we forget that the definition of vitality is not just up and up in a linear improvement the definition of vitality there has to be challenges it's just what we come up to that connect to that absolute total of each person's optimum. So as an example, um, to, to just make it you know simple, um, we, we just have to comprehend that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the future may actually just not be called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but it's what the app tells you to do because what it knows you're going to get as inputs into your system is connecting you to vitality. Just like uh, having babies both for both sexes based upon our definition of what are challenges inside the vitality continuum i would argue that you will be less vital if you don't have babies so that that it depends upon you know exactly the premise of what goes into inside the designer right of the project of that see that that's that's that goes back to philosophy and competing values what's being assessed and yeah exactly they're, they're they're Plenty of arguments on uh, on both. I mean, as you're aware, on both yeah. sides of that one, that uh, yeah. you could very easily make a, a counter argument to that one. Yes. Um, but but yeah, that 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 is the interesting point about uh, like how how are those all balanced? Yes. And what, how do those go into the equation? And again, so, who's the designer? You know, who's punching the who's punching the keys as to how right. you determine vitality? Right. Yeah. And the uh, that's why war. But sorry to pick up your point because I, I funny we jumped over it. But I started from the beginning, um, and I, I'm not sure if I'm here yet on this statement, but I'm getting closer there. The, the conversation around war is where is where a lot of it, you know, comes brings a lot of shit to a streaking halt, right? To your point on military service or, you know, what is vitality, not just for that soldier, but for large groups of people and the progress of, let's call it, you know, a uh, whole <laughs> whole western democracy concept right war make war brings a lot of that to like a screeching halt in terms of what matters and what's important what are you considering vitality so i just don't want to jump over that point that you did make which is a good one of defining vitality for the soldier well that's and that's where i'm saying we can't comprehend that because remember in my opinion the future soldier is a machine is not a human so what is vital for the human? You see, I'm yeah. saying like, what is vital for the human? I'm not jumping over the argument as to like the input of folks who are in Iraq for the right or wrong reason, yeah. their lives and the progression of society based, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not questioning that, but that's right. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I wasn't necessarily referring to the future. I was just saying like, um, you know, uh, soldiers who, you know, sacrifice to save others, let's say like, yeah, that shortens your life. Um, that, that decreases your vitality. And yet, uh, I have yet to hear a good or serious argument to the effect that like 
well, therefore it is not worth doing or isn't somehow um, noble in some regard. And then, you know, I mean, there, there are other discussions or examples about, you know, you've mentioned LeBron or Tom Brady or, you know, an MMA fighter. Hey, we all take the same dirt nap. I'd rather be a champion than, uh, than just, you know, walk and lift rocks. Yep. Again, and when we can have and that I, discussion, but yeah. competing yeah. values, competing yep. values, yep. right? So exactly. that's exactly again, yeah. in my opinion, it comes back to who's designing who right. determines what the ultimate vitality right. definition is. Right. And inside right. of that, if I was a designer, you know, um, I would make people aware that there's a host of things that come with LeBron and Tom Brady's dirt nap. That at the end, if there was a separate, you know, 350 different versions of their life that didn't include their sport or notoriety or narcissism, uh, they would have a much better vital project. That would be my, because I'm, I'm writing it. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm the person who's writing it. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Well, that was, uh, I, I, just be, just be honest here. I don't feel comfortable being the writer. I just want to say, <laughs> <laughs> and yet you are James and yet you are, <laughs> You have a company. We're just saying it. <laughs> Which RX doesn't sound good. That involves artificial intelligence. That yeah. The designer. <laughs> I still think for April Fool's Day this this year, you should make it so that Coach RX glitches and you know everyone's programming is walking and lifting rocks, and only the next day does it go back to uh well our coach rx uh language which will come we're, we're gonna have to move into a new building so up high it's gonna say big blue uh red white and blue coach rx intelligently designed is it seriously is that really what it's gonna no but i mean i just thought about that i mean can't we oh okay it? yeah that's fantastic i mean we're just yeah. taking steps towards this i'm gonna define intelligent design uh under a new premise yeah I'm going to knock over all that Stephen Meyer conversation. Yeah. And then we'll eventually, you can sell the exoskeleton with Coach Coachrex programs, what the exoskeleton does. Let's, and just, the let's just start with getting autonomy out there, right? Yeah. Our first project is to get coaches uh, writing their own programs, and then we'll move from there. I like it. Um, all right. That was, a, uh, that was a good episode. So we started off by kind of talking about... Uh, artificial intelligence, its connection to philosophy and, and uh, the Turing test, the Chinese room argument, um, where AI stands today and some of its capabilities, where AI might go in the future, and then basically discussing what, if any, role um, AI might have in, in fitness. And yeah, I, I gleaned a lot from that conversation. I mean, again, one of the interesting ones that we were talking about that's a contrast or an asymmetry is, you know, whereas in physics, there's still things to be discovered or like uh, recently, you know, computational science. What was it? They decoded all the proteins that, you know, things like that, that, you know, still need to be done in, in the fitness and health project. Like all the stuff is known or, or so we would argue. And then the question is like, really what role, if any, can AI play in implementation? Yeah. You know, and things like yeah. that. So, um, when we, I think the ghost in the machine uh, goes through that. That's another reference book that you can go into. Yeah. It it front ends with saying, you know, we spent a lot of time on going further away, so way out there, and now we're spending so much time with computation and going deeper inside. And the further we go deeper inside, we're starting to recognize the deeper and deeper we go, 
there's similar things to what we're finding the further what we go is like there's all it's almost impossible to find it it's the same thing happening the deeper we go inside there's turning into be nothing there and so they're trying to get that. and i'm sorry that doesn't break anyone's mind but <coughs> it's actually bringing us to uh to this point today is like we are in a very cool era that this measurement is taking place from computers to really figure out more about this whole thing its meaning and its purpose and the project and and our relationships and our understanding and etc and, and the blending of that is somewhat inside of this conversation with artificial intelligence and fitness. Another thing I want to hit on that I really appreciated was another t-shirt option or saying no one can be healthy for you. I'm going to quaggle with that and put it into our own, my own language. Anyways, that's personal for me. Uh, I'm going to immediately increase my stock options for open AI. Um, and uh, I wanted to mention another, sh another movie, which will indirectly at least make people question. Some of the things is, uh, is the conversation that goes on with the, the robot uh, who who drives the ship and the captain in 2001, A Space Odyssey, that conversation in itself, even for 20 minutes of listening into that conversation, are you recommend, recollecting what I'm talking about here? Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Then anyways, the conversation that goes on between the robot who controls the ship and what this person should do and the captain, there's a, there's a human, to your point, there's a human uh, life in, in, in struggle here. And the human has to make a decision. Oh and wow! The robot okay. is saying this is what's logical based upon our logarithm. You know, what I'm saying like it. Uh, it's a really good practice of this particular topic of understanding the differences between a computer and a human, and understanding how we're going to have to mesh the whole project in order to figure out uh, what's going forward. And also, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I get people to to do this, so this may be helpful. You know. Come up with your own and don't share with anyone. Come up with your own uh, what you would think if you were the designer in the machine, right? It's a, it's an interesting practice, right? Yeah. If you're the designer, what would you design, right? And I know that's very challenging because you're letting go a lot of stuff. But uh, but anyways, I would just ask that as a project for people to go through. So I really appreciate that for today. GHD bench press and shake weights. <laughs> every day, all day, every day. I am after this, I'm going to go back and watch the GHD bench press, uh, com video again, just cause I, every now and then I come back to it to watch it. And, uh, so I'll do it, uh, along, I've stopped watching on a per month basis, the, uh, shoveling, uh, 135 pound shoveling, uh, video, mm -hmm. um, which basically gave me elbow issue for three months, basically after playing with that 21, 18, 15, 12 down to three. I forget what it was paired with, but anyways, uh, messed up my elbow. I'll go watch that for, video. Thank you for that. I asked for my fitness. <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, no problem.